At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition at long last after a much-needed all-star break. We're back to games. Hornets will be hosting the Toronto Raptors tonight. Night at Spectrum Center. We'll have our game preview for that one. We'll also talk about the latest edition of Power Rankings heading into this final stretch of the season. And we had a special guest on the HHC yesterday, Hornets General Manager and President of Basketball Operations. Mitch Kupchik was with us, had a lot of reaction to some of the things he said. We're going to talk about that here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast with my producer from the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo. And Rob, let's start off with the conversation we were so lucky to have with Mitch Kupchik yesterday. Very appreciative of his time. Hope you all enjoyed getting a chance to look at all of the things that he touched on from the Montrez Herald deal to the short and long-term goals of the team and how they've been impacted by this season as well as the best fans in basketball here in the Queen City. One thing that really resonated was a comment he had about Gordon Hayward, his importance to the franchise, and the impact his absence has had. One thing that I've charted throughout the season, especially going into the All-Star break, is it, it became came clear that he was going to be absent for a longer period of time was his availability relative to other players. I just want to put this out there. While Gordon Hayward's missed a a good chunk of games due to injury the last couple of seasons, certainly there have been players who have missed more. Anthony Davis and LeBron James have both missed more games to this point in the last two seasons than Gordon Hayward has. Same for Kevin Durant, same for Kyrie Irving, same for James Harden. So there's a lot of big pieces that have missed as much or more time than Gordon Hayward, and their organizations, their franchises have had to digest those absences. So this is not something that the Hornets are, are new having to handle. The impact, though, it's 
obvious. It's overwhelming. When Gordon Hayward plays, this team is an above 500 playoff caliber team. And when he's absent, the results just are not there. So what do you think about the comment where Mitch Kupchik basically lays out that Gordon Hayward's importance to the franchise that he's at or near the top over these last two seasons? Well, I think that's pretty much what we've said on several different accounts here on a Hornets Hivecast during broadcasts. Pretty much anything is, and Mitch is right because of that. Because, I mean, you take a look at some of those names that you mentioned. You look at, like, Anthony Davis with the Lakers. Well, they also have guys like LeBron James and whoever is the point guard at that point in time over the past couple of seasons. You talked about James Harden. Well, the Nets also have Kevin Durant. So all of these teams that are missing these superstars have other superstars that are able to fill in. Unfortunately for the Hornets, they aren't at that point right now with the way that the timeline is with the team. I mean, obviously LaMelo Ball in his first All-Star game last week, that's going to become a bigger factor moving forward as he develops and grows into a player. But he's just not at that level as some of those other players right now. I mean, you're talking about former MVPs in the league. I mean, that's how big that some of these players are. So, you know, I completely agree with what Mitch said there. A lot of times, you know, Gordon has been scrutinized this season because of scoring output, just not being as productive, but it doesn't matter because he finds other ways to impact the game. And we've talked about that several times, again, on podcasts, on broadcasts, and Mitch recognizes that and realizes that based off the conversation you had with him yesterday. A lot of the pushback on social media and other places is centered around, well, isn't LaMelo Ball or Miles Bridges or somebody else the most important player? And context is important here. If we're talking about the five, ten-year plan for the franchise, of course, LaMelo Ball, the reigning rookie of the year, the now-named All-Star, is the more important player. But in terms of wins and losses here and now, which is the context of the question, it's hard to argue Gordon Hayward's impact on the team. When LaMelo Ball was absent for a chunk of the season due to health and safety protocols. The team didn't surge or anything, but they were able to to tread water. We've had longer absences, unfortunately, for Gordon Hayward, but you can see last two seasons, 50 and 42 with him, 12 and 28 without him. This season, 26 and 22 with him, 3 and 9 without. Last one on, on this thing. Again, it is a snapshot of where this team is now in terms of winning Now, Gordon Hayward is extremely important, but it's also extremely important to go through this learning process and these growing pains for this young roster. That's why Miles Bridges and LaMelo Ball play so many minutes in the fourth quarter, because not necessarily it's going to mean they're going to win a game today because of it, although they win a lot more than they lose with them out there, but because you want them to get the experience so that they'll win bigger games tomorrow. Another thing that we had come up in the interview that I wanted to talk about that I thought was interesting was Mitch's philosophy about the trade deadline, deals, roster construction in general. He pretty much said that the the work is done in the offseason, that when you're drafting, when you're going through free agency, that's when you line up your roster and that he's just mostly inclined not to make a deadline deal just because a deadline exists. And we've seen that play out. He does react to injuries. Last season when LaMelo Ball was hurt, they made a minor deal to get Brad Wanamaker. He does react to trend of play. Team was struggling going into the trade deadline, makes the deal to bring over Montrezl Harrell. But in both cases, the moves are going to be made with minimal impact to long-term assets. He is not going to be someone, unless there is a huge deal to be done, seen some track record with that with him from his time with the Lakers, but unless there's an earth-changing move that he has in mind, it's going to be moves to improve the team or fill a hole 
but not one that costs the team a long-term asset. And when you see those bigger deals, it's because the team is mostly in win-now mode. The Hornets simply are not in win-now mode. I mean, when you take a look at the roster, when you take a look at the standings, that's just not the case. Obviously, we would love to have Charlotte be in win-now mode, but you know, just based off of the timeline with guys, like I mentioned, like LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, all these guys are still super, super young. Uh, so you know, there's still plenty of time for them to develop and become those perennial powerhouses that we would hope that the Hornets will become in the future in the Eastern Conference. And the other thing is, too, is, I mean, as as minimal as this deal is getting Montrez Harrell and how it's very short-term and doesn't really jeopardize the long-term future of this franchise, it still very much could. I mean, Montrez Harrell is a free agent after this season. We don't know how that's going to play out, but you have the ability to kind of give him a test run and see you know, is this somebody that fits into the plans long term? And of course, you know, as much as you miss a, a young guy like Vernon Carey giving up in that trade, to be honest, there was a logjam at that five position with so much young talent. You got Kai Jones, you got Nick Richards. Vernon Carey just happened to kind of be the odd man out in that situation. And then as you analyze that trade, it's as much as it is short term, it's also very much a long term deal as well, potentially moving forward. Certainly encourage you to take a listen to the interview, go through our podcast archives and check out our conversation with Hornets general manager and president of basketball operations, Mitch Kupchak. Uh, and definitely appreciate all the interaction we've seen on social media and otherwise. No question, LaMelo Ball face of this franchise moving forward, and he is the key to the long-term success. Next up here on the Hornets Hivecast, power rankings heading into the so-called second half of the season. It's more like a final quarter to third, but as we enter the post-All-Star break portion of the season, where do the Hornets sit in the power rankings? Where should they? We'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Rob, your favorite topic. Power rankings have come out as we start this post-All-Star break portion of the season. Hornets taking on the Toronto Raptors tonight. We'll preview that game for you shortly here, but time for our exercise. Rob, the hierarchy of the 30 teams in the NBA coming out of the All-Star break. Where should the Hornets sit? I'm feeling a little bearish on the Hornets, so I'm going to put Charlotte around 19. Okay, NBA.com says... The Hornets are 20th. So before we go to the other half of the exercise here, which is you taking a team that is currently above the Hornets and bringing them down a notch, I want to talk about why the team is where it is. Obviously, records dictate where you are, and I I think the all-star break, this breather, gives you a chance to reset things, but there's a reason the Hornets have slipped in the power rankings from the the high teens to now closer to 20 in a lot of people's estimations. The bad news is the team hasn't been winning. They've lost nine of their last ten, even though that Miami game clearly should have been a win based off the two-minute reports and the missed free throw and bad officiating calls that didn't go the Hornets' way. But I think you put that to the side because there has been a breather, a chance to reload, recalibrate, reset. Things that are more of a concern, the offense has dipped over the last 10 games. They're second to last in the NBA in offensive efficiency metrics over their last 10 games, and their shooting has dipped. 29% three-point shooting over the last 10 games. Miles Bridges and Kelly Oubre particularly struggling over that break. We don't have the sound for 
area. But head coach James Brigo did talk about that yesterday, saying the grind, the number of minutes put on the players really had an impact, that the injuries put a lot more workload on certain players, the minutes built up, and when you saw the offensive numbers dip, the three-point shooting dip, it was the players that were most impacted by seeing their minutes go up. So he seems to indicate that a lot of the bad news factors here are going to be alleviated by the rest that came into play in the All-Star break. Yeah, and I mean, the addition of getting Cody Martin back will certainly help. I know we're getting a little bit into our pregame preview at this point. With that said, you know, you're going to get a couple more bodies, hopefully sooner rather than later. Again, we don't really have a timeline on guys like Gordon Hayward or Jalen McDaniels. You would assume that Jalen is a little bit closer than Gordon just because his injury happened a few weeks prior to Gordon's. But as much as this All-Star break was good to just kind of get everybody reset and refocused and get a couple days off, it definitely helps. It comes at a good time for the Hornets, especially because of those longer-term injuries as well. So it's one of those things where maybe if the minutes go down, you keep everybody a little bit more fresher because these 22 games after the All-Star break, they're going to be a sprint. I know we talk about this schedule and this season being a marathon, but when you get down to it with these final 22 games with the way that the Hornets are placed in the standings, this is going to feel like a sprint compared to that marathon we've talked about so much. The good news as you look ahead, and this is less to do with the power rankings, but as we project forward, will the Hornets be able to rise in the power rankings? Very favorable schedule moving forward here for the Hornets. Yes, some difficult opponents, but the Hornets have the fewest games remaining in the East, 22. That means the most rest compared to the teams they're going up against. They'll have the rest advantage in six games. That's the most of any team in the East. They've got the third fewest back-to-backs, the third fewest road games remaining. So a lot of things are favorable for the Hornets looking ahead here in the schedule. Finally here, it is power rankings. You said 19. The powers that be at the NBA.com put the Hornets at 20. That means you need to give me a team that was ahead of Charlotte in the NBA power rankings that shouldn't have been your choices the Brooklyn Nets the Los Angeles Lakers and the San Antonio Spurs I think this one's kind of easy who do you think give me the Spurs I mean, the Nets are a pliable one out there just because they've on a longer losing streak than the Hornets have been. They've been in a bigger slump, but they might get some reinforcements with Kyrie Irving coming back and then, you know, Ben Simmons getting worked into the fold. Lakers, you can make an argument too because they did split the season series with Charlotte. You know, each team won on their home court, but I think San Antonio is a clear-cut favorite there. I can't agree more. I think if you're looking short-term, last 10 games, yes, San Antonio's been playing better basketball, but they were more sellers at the deadline. There are are some metrics that say the San Antonio is actually not that bad of a team. They're actually a positive in point differential somehow this season, despite being 13 games below 500. No idea how that's happened, but they are. Hornets are not, despite having a much better record. There are ways to look at this and say San Antonio has played better, either more recently or long term, but I think just overall here, San Antonio is the easy answer to who the Hornets should be ahead of in the power rankings. All right, coming up next, it's a game day. Hornets taking on Toronto tonight. We'll talk about the game next here on the Hornets Ivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. 
Hornets and Raptors tonight. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. Time for our game preview, and this is a big one. Charlotte has obviously had a rough go of it heading into the All-Star break, but the All-Star break provided a breather, chance to get a little bit healthier. We teased it earlier, but Cody Martin should be back playing today, barring any last-minute circumstances between when we recorded this and when uh, you hear it and when the game actually tips off. This is a chance to reset things, and a big game against Toronto. It's the last head-to-head meeting, so you want to take advantage of that, getting swept in the season series is obviously not something you want to see, provided the fact that the Hornets could see Toronto later on for a chance to make the playoff bracket, but also because there's still an opportunity to catch them. Raptors have more games left behind the All-Star game portion of the season than Charlotte does, so more opportunities for them to stub their toe along the way, and Charlotte would be in a much better situation if they were only three and a half games back after tonight's contest than obviously the five and a half back they would be trailing if they lose to Toronto. So, we need players to watch on either side as well as a stat to look at. Rob Longo, where do you want to start? Let's start with players to look for. I'm going to start with Toronto. I'm going to go with Gary Trent Jr. He's been kind of a hornet killer this season. The first time that these two teams met had 32 points last time. The most recent meeting was a 24 piece for Gary Trent Jr. Dropped 30 right before the All-Star break in Minnesota. He's been a really big scoring threat and he's kind of one of those ones I don't want to say he came out of nowhere but you know when you think of Toronto you think of Pascal Siakam you think of Fred Van Fleet you think those are kind of the two main scorers but Gary Trent has been you know one of those guys that has posed a really big threat he's a matchup problem for the Hornets just because of those other guys out on the floor with him like Siakam like Van Fleet it makes it tough to guard Toronto you know one through five in that aspect so I got to look at Gary Trent as my player to watch for Toronto tonight I'm going to go with Pascal Siakam who has had some good stat lines against the Hornets but I think this is going to be a different set of circumstances. First game against Toronto up north of the border. Hornets are dealing with some injuries. It was just it was a rough game on a lot of different levels. Second one was the one where Gordon Hayward got hurt. That was a huge jar to the system, and uh, that, that hurt them. But one thing that the Hornets didn't have in either of those games that they will have for this one, there was no Montrez Harrell. I think that's going to change the way you defend Pascal Siakam, makes him a little bit more manageable, if you will, for a player who is playing at an all-star level heading into the break. So I'm interested to see that one with the new look for the Hornets. They're a bigger team now with the addition of Montrezl Harrell. I think it's going to make it easier or give them more favorable matchups defending him overall, but he's still a huge problem. Uh, He's playing great basketball right now, had 24 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists in the last head-to-head meeting here in Charlotte. Pascal Siakam, my player to watch for the Raptors. You want to go Hornet or stat next? Let's keep it with players. I'll go with Hornet player to watch. I'm going to go with Mason Plumley. I mean, when you take a look at what Toronto puts out there, they kind of start a three forward set. They don't really have a true center. I think that's going to give Mason a little bit of a, a chance to kind of thrive. I know he hasn't played particularly well against Toronto this season. The last meeting, he only had six points, but I think that was just kind of matchup situations with, you know, the way that the game shook out. Because, like we mentioned with Gordon getting hurt, that kind of really changed the dynamic of the game. And now that the Hornets have had to learn how to survive without Gordon for the last couple of weeks. That allows the game plan to come a little bit in the focus for lack of a better term. You're able to get a guy like Mason Plumlee out there who's now had a couple of days of rest to get back out there and really get going again. He's still one of those more veteran guys on his team. So I think Mason Plumlee's due for a pretty big one against a team that is a little bit undersized. I'm going to go with Miles Bridges in this one. Really been on a good streak. Five of his last 
six games he has scored 22 points or more. He seems to be more confident with his three-point shot in those five of those six games. He has knocked down multiple threes in each of them. Still not shooting the the three as well as he did last season, but I'm looking for Miles Bridges to continue his strong play. And and again, the addition of Montrezl Harrell means he's going to have Still a lot of responsibilities defending the Pascal Siakams that Toronto can throw at you, but less of them should free up more of his offensive game. And I'm looking for him to have a big jolt here coming out of the All-Star break. I think in future years he's going to be busier during All-Star weekends. He wasn't this one. He got a chance to rest, recuperate, and uh, get back to work here. And he's one of the players we talked about a little bit earlier where JB seemed to indicate that he thought a lot of the Hornets' woes offensively, shooting-wise, had to do with elevated minutes, that the rest would help him. You look at the last five games, six games for Miles Bridges. He had played 38 minutes or more in all of them except for one. That was the loss to Memphis. So he had gone 38 minutes, 39 minutes, 42 minutes, 44 minutes. He played 50 minutes in the double overtime game against Miami. That's a lot of wear and tear. So I think he's going to benefit a lot from the all-star breather. Finally, stat to watch for this one, Rob Longo, other than points. What's the number you're looking at? As much as I would like to take points, I'm going to go with something that has a direct correlation to points, and that is rebounding. Keep in mind, too, that you know the Hornets have had eight days off. Toronto has had nine days off. We don't know how sharp these guys are going to be shooting the basketball. I'm sure they've gotten in the gym over the last couple of days, and they've found their stroke again a little bit, but you never know. You know, both teams might come out cold. You don't know what's going to happen. And the last time that these two teams met, Toronto just decimated Charlotte on the boards, out-rebounded them 51-38. to So many second chance points, 14 offensive rebounds for Toronto. And you're going to have that a little bit when you play a team like the Raptors because they shoot so many threes. You're going to get those long rebounds. They just take some weird caroms. People follow their shots, and they get these second and third chance opportunities. So I'm going to look at rebounding as a chance for the Hornets to really just clamp down defensively, limit those second chance and those third chance opportunities for Toronto, and you know maybe push and transition a little bit and you know score out in the fast break a little bit more than they have in the last couple of games. I'm going to look at points off turnovers for this one. Toronto's a little bit of a weird team. They've been for the last few years, basically since Nick Nurse has been in charge, really good about turning the opposition over. But strangely enough, for a team that forces so many turnovers more than anyone else in the National Basketball Association, they're number one in opponent's turnover percentage, their pace of play is in the bottom five. Normally, that doesn't equate. If you're forcing a lot of turnovers, you're getting out on the fast break. They do score a lot of fast break points. But for whatever reason, the pace of play, it doesn't speed up as much. Maybe that's the best of both worlds for Toronto. They're good in the half court. They're also good at getting out on the fast break. That certainly has been something that they have thrived on in this recent run they were on going into the All-Star break. But from the Hornets' perspective, an elite fast break points team. They are also very good at forcing turnovers and capitalizing off of them. You look at the head-to-head matchups, and Charlotte has not been able to thrive in terms of points off of turnovers. So I want to see Charlotte do that there. Last meeting against Toronto here at the Hive, Charlotte forced more turnovers out of Toronto, but scored less points off them. That is not a recipe for success. you got to capitalize on those mistakes by the Raptors. They're going to happen. It's just the nature of basketball and the nature of the way these two teams play, certainly when you're playing up-tempo the way Charlotte wants Toronto to have to. So when you get those mistakes, you got to capitalize points off turnovers. My number within the number we're looking for 
for tonight's game. Tip time is slated for 7 p.m. Tickets are, of course, available at Hornets.com. And between now and then, if you have a little more time in your day, definitely encourage you to go back through the archives, take a listen to our conversation with Mitch Kupchak. A lot of good stuff in there. His comments about the most important player on the team right now in terms of wins and losses being Gordon Hayward seems to bear out based off the standings. But his bright outlook on the future for LaMelo Ball, it's undeniable. LaMelo, what he has brought to this franchise in terms of the upward trajectory for things, making his first All-Star game, first of many we assume here, was a really good conversation. And his uh, prognosis, I guess, for what the future holds for LaMelo, very, very bright indeed. So hopefully uh, that includes a bright future for the Hornets tonight against the Raptors. We'll, of course, have you covered tomorrow with our post-game wrap-up edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Till then, with thanks to my producer on the Hornets Radio Network and here on the HHC, Rob Longo. Thanks for having me. Feels weird to be back after all these days, but happy to be back in the saddle. It's great to have you back and great to be talking to all of you as well. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you tomorrow once again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.